From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, the Scott administration is formalizing its proposal to close the Woodside Juvenile Rehabilitation Center, the state's only youth detention facility. But it's not up to them whether Woodside will close. The legislators who will make the final call are just beginning to consider the plan. It's down this road off the main road, and you go a little ways down, and it's kind of isolated out there. Mm. Um, like there are no other buildings appear to be nearby, and it does have a prison type feel to it. The doors are locked. You have to get buzzed in, and every door you walk through, you have to get buzzed through. So it's a pretty secure setting that I've only experienced before um, in a prison. <laughs> Earlier this month, the state put out a request for proposals to shift the services provided at Woodside to an outside contractor. Our reporter Alan Keyes traveled to the facility on Monday to talk to workers there about what that would mean for them. Yes, if you want to go around and tell me your names and what you do here, that'd be great. How long have you been here? Hi, my name's Tony Bryce. I'm a youth counselor. I've been here four years. They teach classes during the day to youth who are there. There's also kind of youth counselors. There's treatment providers. And teacher, you said? Teacher. I work as a youth counselor. Youth counselor. You know, there's, there's a chef who provides the food. There's uh, people who uh, who operate the facility. like um, Those people who are watching you on a camera and buzzing you through exactly. each door as you enter. What did you ask them? What did you want to know from them? Uh, well, just basically what, what, what they thought about the closing of Woodside what they thought about the contracting of the services out. So I guess we're here, I mean, there's obviously talking about closing Woodside. Can we just start with what your thoughts are regarding that? Yeah, I would say we were we were told in November um, the department and the agencies planned to close Woodside down in November. Um, and it, it kind of left us all a little shook, with, with especially with the notion that there hadn't been a, uh, there was no, no solid plan at that point. One of the uh, persons I talked to talked about how it came as a shock to him that the proposal came out to close the facility because he said, you know, it was just over a year ago that Commissioner Schatz, Ken Schatz, was testifying before the legislature and calling on them to move forward on a plan to build a new facility at the Woodside site that would better meet the needs of Vermont's youth. It wouldn't be the kind of prison-like setting that's currently there but that the state still would have a role in working with these youth. And the, the state's response to our question of what, what happens to the kids was kind of like, well, we haven't figured that out yet. Um, so for those of us who have dedicated our lives to making sure that these kids that are you know, forgotten about in many cases get the best service that the state has to give, it was kind of shocking that they would have a plan to close us down with no uh, follow-up plan to care for the kids that we provide service for. You know, the people I talked to talked about the passion they had for the work that they did. They talked about the connections that they've had with youth over the years. We actually build kids up here. There's a lot of experience here. You have former coaches, former teachers, people that have worked in corrections that came here because they'd rather work with youth. We spend hours sitting and listening to these kids. We work with these kids. These kids call us up and want to talk to us by name because they know we C-A-R-E. We care about them, and we do. Why do they believe that moving these services to some other provider 
wouldn't be in the best interest of the youth who are housed there. We talk about having the lack of state oversight of such a program or facility. They also talked about the fact that the state has a responsibility to care for its youth and to provide these services to the youth, that putting it out to bid is kind of shirking that responsibility that the state has, no matter what the cost is, even if it is more expensive to do it that way. You know, my first day here, I worked with a kid who, he was getting restrained multiple times a day for months, and he was, you know, had all sorts of problems. Extensive trauma abuse history. They hired a bunch of people specifically to come in and support the kids more. It was a little bit more expensive, but right now my understanding is that he has, you know, he turned 18, he's not, he's, you know, he's out of the system, and as far as I know, isn't committing crimes or assaulting people. And that really, he stopped doing that here. He started to learn to trust people here. People in uh, Montpelier got to make up their mind. Uh, on one side of their mouth, they say they want to save money. On the other side, what's uh, good for the kids is what matters. And uh, the route they're going, I, I don't agree with in terms of that being the best route for the kids. And, and I've shared that with Mr. Schatz. We've been hearing since last December that the Scott administration wants to close this facility. Why? Well, that followed about a week after news came out that there had been no youth at the facility for a period of time. So they want to close it because they're saying that they're just not seeing the numbers of youth who need of services that Woodside provides. The workers there told me that there were only zero youth there for a matter of hours, like less than a day. But the numbers certainly have been declining. The facility has 30 beds and for a period of time maybe a year ago it had maybe you know 10 to 15 but that number had started to fall to five or less and they're saying that just having a 30 bed facility is just overkill they're just spending money they don't need to spend yeah and they're they're also saying that the facility is not built for the needs of the youth in vermont it's a 30 secure bed facility and the number of secure beds that they need in vermont they say is much less than that so there have been proposals in the past to have, or at least talked about, um, having a facility that's either some secure beds and some therapeutic beds and splitting them up or doing them in different combinations. But this is 30 secure beds. Got it. We are. On Wednesday, the House Human Services Committee heard from Ken Schatz, the commissioner of the state department that runs Woodside. I'm the commissioner of the Department for Children and Families. It's written into law that the Department for Children and Families, or DCF, runs Woodside, which means that in order to close the facility, they need the legislature to change that law and approve a budget that accounts for it. The recommendation that we've made to close Woodside um, is certainly a significant part of the budget proposal. Schatz told the committee this decline in the number of people housed at Woodside is consistent with a national trend. So I want to emphasize again how good news this is. I mean, this, I, I don't want to lose sight of the fact, again, that, it, that this is a reflection of, I think, a lot of positive things happening in our communities, positive things happening in our families, positive things happening with our youth. The reality is that part of what we are seeing is a significant reduction in youth crime. He said the department has expanded capacity at other facilities around the state. And while these don't provide the same level of security as Woodside, some young people that don't need those restrictions have been able to move elsewhere. One of the things to recognize is that our system of care 
um, is built on both short-term and longer-term placements. So even by way, so the answer would be we don't believe we necessarily need the large 30-bed facility that is Woodside to provide that that particular purpose. So that the, the point would be we do have, and Mel can be more specific than me, several of these programs and communities provide stabilization. That leaves a need that's much less than it was just a few years ago. The commissioner mentioned that there'd be at least a need for between three and five of those beds in Vermont. And where those beds come from seem to be still an open question as a result of waiting for those bid responses to come back to see what the proposals are. So there will be a need for a secure setting for youth somewhere in Vermont. Got it. We'll hear how lawmakers are taking this proposal when we come back. Just a quick message from our underwriters. Casella Waste Systems provides waste and recycling services for homes, businesses, and organizations throughout Vermont and the Northeast. With a focus on recycling sustainability and environmental protection, Casella ensures that proper collection, renewal, and disposal of discarded materials keep our communities clean while extending the value of your unwanted items. Fun fact, last year Casella recovered over 2.4 billion pounds of recyclables. To learn more, visit casella.com or call 1-800-CASELLA. Let's talk about the reception that this proposal is getting in the legislature. I know it's early in that process, but what do we know about how lawmakers are looking at this proposal to close Woodside and contract out these services? There are certainly lawmakers who support the proposal because the budget numbers, they say, just don't make sense. That's $6 million to care for an average of less than five youth. But there are others who still have questions about the kind of quick changing position by the administration to move forward with closing it because it was only, like I said, a year ago that they were recommending a new facility to provide a lot of the services in, in like I said, a more therapeutic setting than a prison setting that exists at Woodside. So I guess I'm a little confused. You know, about a year ago, the administration was here recommending that we build a new facility to, you know, improve the status of um, our ability to provide uh, care and treatment for delinquent youth. And, you know, really just about 12 months later, you're saying we don't need it. That's Representative Teresa Wood. In response, Schatz reiterated that the department is just responding to the decreased demand for Woodside services. The reality was we did do this report, um, and what we looked at were several choices. And uh, the reality is, uh, I, I will be straightforward about it, that I have changed my recommendation because the numbers have changed. Chat said they looked at other options, like building a smaller facility similar to Woodside. But ultimately, this plan to close Woodside and find those secure beds elsewhere made the most sense. No, no, that's right. So I, I again, we do recognize that we need three to five secure beds um, that uh, to meet the need for that relatively small population of young people who need that significant level of supervision. So that's the genesis for this recommendation. But while DCF waits for proposals on that, state employees have their own recommendation. Keep Woodside open. Just scale it back. We, we shaved down the staffing, and we don't feel good about shaving down the staffing because of how we operate here. If you shave down the staffing, 
uh, you're not going to be able to do the kind of treatment that we were just talking about as far as one-on-ones and you know, seclusion things that have, may, may have to change if you don't have enough staff, depending on how many kids are in the building. They talked about having kind of a scaled-down version of Woodside. Rather than a 30-bed facility, they talked about a 16-bed facility with eight kind of therapeutic beds, more treatment focused, and eight secure beds at the facility. And that would be about $4 million annual budget. Currently, the budget for Woodside is um, over $6 million. It's not ideal. The staffing that we propose is really short. It's like bare, bare bones. And again, I would think with that kind of staffing, we would have to make adjustments into how we do things, which is not ideal either. And they also talked about a, another proposal of, for a 10 kind of stabilization, short-term secure bed facility. And that would be for youth, no long-term stays, but stays of uh, under 30 days. Can both of these be done with the current facility? In the current facility. So not building, not building anything? So they're saying these might be ways to keep this facility open, have people keep their jobs, but still reap some of those savings that the state wants to see. And they also talk about having state control and state oversight over the youth who are served at Woodside. I wonder, you know, I, I feel like when the news first came down last year that the administration wanted to close Woodside, that it got a lot of attention. And uh, I just kind of think it's interesting because it's like a, a facility that your average Vermonter does not interact with on a day-to-day basis, right? You like, can certainly not see it from the road. It's really well well hidden. So I wonder why is this something that people should care about, the fate of this one treatment facility? Well, I guess it's because it's uh, the one place in Vermont where youth can go to get the services that are provided there. They have to accept them. There's no other alternative. There's, it's kind of like a certain programs in Vermont community-based programs that a person or youth could be removed from or taken out of um, for various reasons. But this is a facility that is the kind of one that has to accept them. Got it. But also, I mean, Woodside has not been without controversy in recent years for its treatment of youth. Groups such as the Defender General's Office here in Vermont and the Disability Rights Vermont have brought lawsuits against Woodside and the state regarding the treatment of youth at the facility and their use of restraints and seclusion and isolation procedures at the facility. In August, um, a federal judge issued a preliminary injunction against Woodside that ordered um, changes to some of their practices there, including the use of restraints. How has that had an effect on this conversation around the fate of the facility? I don't know how much of an effect it has had, but it certainly has resulted in some questions about what type of care is provided at Woodside. But um, the state has defended its actions in Woodside against the lawsuits and have said that they've tried to do their best regarding the use of restraints and isolation and seclusion. Um, So the state has defended its actions all the way leading up to the point of announcing the closing. Got it. So what are you watching for next as all this plays out? Well, I guess I'll be watching for what the responses are uh, that come in for the bids. That's due next month, I believe. So yeah, I'm waiting to see what who bids on it, what the proposals are, um, how would they provide those secure settings, and where would that secure setting be? And also, what are the costs that are included in those bids? That's kind of the next step, I think, in the process. Got it. Thanks for taking the time out. Yeah, no, thank you. You can find all of Alan's reporting on Woodside at vtdigger.org. 
If you're interested in hearing more about the future of Vermont's justice system, join us on Tuesday for a free live event in Burlington. We're calling this one, How to Fix a Jail. Our keynote speaker is Janos Martin. Janos led policy strategy on the campaign to close the Rikers Island jail complex in New York. And he'll be talking with a panel about efforts to reform the nation's prison system. Other panelists include James Baker from the Department of Corrections, Ashley Messier from the National Council for Incarcerated and Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girls, Kathy Fox, the director of the Liberal Arts in Prison program, and Chittenden County State's Attorney Sarah George. We'll also get a legislative update from Senator Dick Sears and Representative Selena Colburn. And Alan will be moderating that panel with our executive director and editor, Ann Calloway. VT Digger is sponsoring this along with ACLU Vermont and the UVM College of Arts and Sciences. It'll be in the Davis Center at the University of Vermont. It's free and open to the public. You can RSVP on our website or join us Tuesday night, February 4th at 6 p.m. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. Search for it and subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We use music this week by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. Have a nice weekend.